Hello, I'm Hugo Prévost, and this is episode number 11 of SVGA, your PC retro gaming podcast. With me, as always, my good friend, Robert Hills. Hello, Robert. Hello, Hugo. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. It's great. I have a few days off, and the sun is out, so uh, that's fun. Uh, we're looking to uh, for an, <laughs> towards another lockdown, but that's that's life, I guess. Well, yeah, it's just the way it goes these days. <laughs> exactly. Uh, before we begin, I would like to uh, point out that if you like what you hear, uh, there's no way to support us. Uh, on the website, pf.ca, just click on the link called Support Us. That's convenient. Uh, it's on the right side of the page. Uh, there's a way to make a regular contribution, or you can also help by shopping on our special store on Humble Bundle uh, if you're looking for fun games to play. So uh, now that's out of the window, Robert, let's talk about espionage and light goggles that go boi. Oh, good. I was hoping you'd actually do the noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking uh, Splinter Cell today. Exactly. Splinter Cell going back to 2002, developed by uh, Ubisoft Montreal. And uh, that's what, uh, one of the points I want to talk about first uh, is that uh, if you remember the opening credits of the game, it's all uh, packed with actions and planes flying and American flags waving, and it's all very, very serious. And there's names like Patrick Tremblay, and there's an explosion. It's like Gontran. It's it's, it's all Quebec, all very Quebecois, and it's all really, really fun because it's all so American and so not American at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's there's. It, it, it's a really big culture clash in, in some ways. <laughs> exactly. Um, if I don't know if you could, I know it's 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 all a bit complicated. If you could try to resume, uh, have a talk about the scenario of the game. Yeah. Well, it's it is it is complicated, and you know, don't want to give too much away the plot because I actually think it is an interesting plot. But um, essentially, you are a spy operative guy in part of the NSA who um, at the time probably wasn't as much reviled as it uh, as it is now um, since we've learned a bunch about you know mass spying and stuff but anyways that's not important this is video games <laughs> so you're this spy in this very small little covert team where basically you go in and you do the dirty work that you know is yeah I think extra legal would be the euphemism for it, but uh, <laughs> basically you go in and you kill a bunch of Russians or Georgians. Yeah, Georgians first and then Russians after. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, that, that's basically it. There's a plot involving the Georgian president, which eventually turns into, I think we can talk about this a bit, a, a war against the US. Uh, and then there's other powers involved. We won't really spoil uh like you said but yeah there's a the, the, basically a, a covert war and then you have to execute a bunch of missions to retrieve uh, i think it's mostly retrieve documents yeah you, you do uh, sometimes a lot of, people yeah it's a lot of you know and it's a lot of gadgets you have like laser microphones and i mean yeah your night vision goggles which we can get way more into um but yeah it's, it's a lot of it's kind of techno spying, but also very um, physical spying of just like, well, I found the files. Now I can go. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of just picking data sticks 
up and then checking if there's is there a code on said data stick and can I use that code to open the door and then I go to the next room and it, it, and it's it was I have to say I know it's one of your uh, one of the games that you you like a lot mm-hmm. um, it was a first experience for me and I mean I I got I heard about the game of course over the years it's the, the Maybe less now, but at the time it was a it had, it had quite a cultural impact. I'd say. Uh, I mean, I, I made a joke about the goggles, but it, the, the the three uh, three headed goggles, the, the the special goggles that your character wears. It's the, the third uh, eye lets you see the aura of your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so it's all this. It's all the infiltration, and it was I guess at a time when. Uh, infiltration games were not maybe as highly regarded as they are now. Uh, it was really m- much more of a you get in, you shoot everyone, and you get out. Yeah. And it's really you follow a corridor and then you shoot the bad guys. And suddenly it was, oh, you have to be covered about this. I mean, you can shoot people, but there was some the alarm and uh, you're not really, really a killer you, you, the precision is not really there. No. And so you have to be, uh, like I said, covert. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the interesting things about it is to like really go back with the retro idea of, you know, this podcast is um, it's actually kind of the game that I think they, they originally wanted to do with uh, Wolfenstein 3D because oh. they wanted you to be able to like knock out guards, hide bodies and all kinds of stuff. But it was just too complicated. It wasn't possible. And here, you know, 10, 15 years later, it's possible. And it actually, it it's fun. I mean, it's it's a game that requires a lot of patience. It's not yeah. something you're going to get through in an afternoon. And it's, you know, you're... One thing it really did for me um, as someone who, you know, plays a lot of shooters and that kind of thing is I spent a lot of time crouching. I don't <laughs> spend a lot of time running. I crouch around and I'm yeah. very slow. Like, I play a lot of... When I play like Fallout or something, it's like, okay, I'm going to creep up on these guys, you know, silenced weapons, all that kind of thing. And it's all that because I spent a lot of time playing Splinter Cell and you just, you moving slowly, staying in the dark and shooting as few bullets as quietly as possible are like these, yeah. these things that just get ingrained in you. That's interesting because for me, it was the, uh, another Tom Clancy game was Ghost Recon. Mm. Which is not exactly the same thing. I mean, you are you play a soldier in, in these series of games. I guess it's they're up to five or six, or they ch- completely change the the context also. But basically, you are a soldier operating in Georgia, so that's another. <laughs> uh, and Comes eventually, Russia is involved, and and so on and so on. And, but it was a type of game where there was no health bars. I mean, there was one, but basically you could get killed in one shot and you could also kill enemies in one shot, but basically you had to, like you did crouch around, be silent, uh, move really, really slowly. And uh, I want to hear you uh, on the, the topic of stealth mechanics in games, because we both played a lot of games over, over the years uh, the developers tried, I think, really, really hard, notably with Splinter Cell, to provide a semi-realistic stealth experience. 
I mean, as hard as as they could go to. Yeah. Uh, and but but I, f- I, f- I felt like uh, what I played of the game, and I, I've looked a bit about for Let's Play twos on, on YouTube, and what I felt was you cannot really have a, a real stealth experience in a game uh, for a bunch of reasons. Uh, for once, you cannot be there in the room. Maybe it's in VR, it could be better, but for once, you have to rely on mostly visual clues uh, to move around. And also because if it was realistic, we wouldn't last five seconds in that type of game. No. Because basically what you use in Splinter Cell, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you basically stay in the dark. Most of the time you try to stay in the dark, you hide the bodies in the dark, you shoot lights, uh, you shoot down cameras. But all this... And, and I've seen a sequence where the uh, character is on the ledge outside and it's the only space that, that's in the dark, based relatively yeah. dark uh, of, of the, all the, the area. And the guard just comes out, looks at us and say, oh, there's nothing there and moves out. And it's, I mean, it's, you're crouched on the ledge outside of course, he's going to see you. Of course, he's going to know you're there. Yeah. But for the game purposes, you have to believe that you're hidden. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's that's sort of the thing is that, you know, you're told in your training uh, that which is basically just a uh, what they did at the time in a lot of these games is you did boot camp or training or whatever, and it taught yeah. you all the mechanics. Um, this, I think, is better than a lot of the other ones because there are you know, more mechanics than just kind of like jumping and crouching. But but anyways, one of the things they talk about is how on your suit or whatever, there are all these light sensors. And so you have a little (laughs) bar that shows, you know, how bright it is on you and how visible you are. And like you say, you you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit um, because, I mean, for one thing, in video games, even then, and here like the light – you know, dynamic lighting and, and particle effects existed. Like the, the game looks pretty good, but it's still, yeah. you know, there are pretty sharp lines between light and dark. And I mean, yeah, a lot of it takes place at night, but also a lot of it takes place inside where, you know, it's pretty hard in most buildings these days, like to find a dark corner in every hallway. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, you make a good point that it, it it's not like this isn't how it would actually work. Like the, and, you, you can't imagine a guy in his forties or fifties, like this dude crouching around on his knees all the time <laughs> for what, like just starting there, like the man has incredible knees. Sam, yeah. Sam has just unbelievable. Like I, I couldn't crouch around like I that. Couldn't that either. I mean, I, I tried to do that to prove a point to my, uh, my SO earlier today. And, just squatting once uh, was was painful. So I cannot imagine being squatted or crouched for hours at a time. And the funny thing is, uh, talking about crouching, there's a way to move around really, really discreetly, which is being crouched and slowly tapping the move forward key. And then you look like a, a toad. <laughs> moving yeah. forward and it's it it works it looks ridiculous but it works 
And I mean, it's uh, mostly the, the the thing with these type of games. I mean, when the game is, and even with more recent games, but you, you know when you play this that they were limited in their options. Yeah. And that's the case, like I said, for a lot of games that we talk about on on this podcast. But uh, I mean, you look at the they were, I think, really really proud of their uh, physics models for the drapes. Uh, there's yes. a bunch of times when you move through drapes and they move around, they flap around, and then you you you're on the other end of the of the of the room and you turn around and they're still flapping and yeah. <laughs> Uh, and some somewhere in Ubisoft Montreal, there's someone that's really, really proud of this. And but yeah, I I, I see where they, they were going with this, and it's we talked a bit uh, before the show, uh, and I told you I, I really like the experience, even with all the limitations mm-hmm. that they did they, they impose on this. Um, but going back to to stealth mechanics, because. Uh, I'm guessing you've played maybe uh, a game from the from the Far Cry series or any yeah. shooter where there's always a stealth mission and it's yeah. always shit. Sorry for the <laughs> bad word, but it's always, oh, you're moving around and then there's this indicator on the top of your HUD that's growing or coloring itself red or something. And then... Uh, at a certain point, oh, you've been discovered and yeah, it's yeah, mission yeah. over. Um, and I'm trying to, to to think about one game where it's a perfect stealth mechanic. I cannot mm. think about one. Yeah, I don't know that the perfect stealth mechanic exists. I know that some games do it better than others, and they're all... I mean, I, I think Thief is sort of an earlier version, like same idea as this, you know, bow and arrow sword stuff, um, that, that this uses a lot of the same kind of ideas of, you know, if you're walking on stone or tile, it's much louder than carpet, for example. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know that really once kind of thief set that and then splinter cell sort of, you know, cemented it that, this is kind of the the stealth mechanic is you you crouch you go slow yeah you stay in the shadows and then that's that's kind of it i mean that's that's quite okay i'm okay with this it's not that it's not good but there was a point where i don't know for example you cannot really know unless you try multiple times cannot really know where when uh you're going to be seen or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember the very first level where you get into a police precinct. And oh, yeah. there's, a, there's, a time, there's a point where you're in a room with two people that are hunched on their, on their computers in the dark for yeah. a reason. And you just <laughs> yeah. move behind them. And I, I mean, once again, you can be silent, but there's no one's going to be that silent when you're at, at five meters from the guy, he's not going to hear you or see you. Well, I mean, here's the thing is we don't actually know that. I mean, if, if someone was that silent, you would just, we'd never hear of them. <laughs> That's one way to put it. But I mean, yeah, this, I mean, this is the best of the best of just a guy who can walk around crouched. Like, yeah. This, a 40, this, is, this is the absolute peak of a, stealth performance. So, a 40 year old man with knees of steel. 
Yeah. And just moving around so that energy. He can carry around the bulkiest henchman for as long as he needs to. Yeah. But he's just going to walk a little slower. And we haven't even talked about all these uh, technicians in the security rooms that are saying, oh, my God, the image from the security camera has gone down. It's the third <laughs> one. I- I'm sure everything's fine. I'm sure. <laughs> you seem to be getting a lot closer to the most secure room in the building. There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> But like you said, you have to suspend your – there's a suspense of disbelief. It's, you have to give the game credit where it's due. I mean, it's, it's still fun. It's completely it, – it, it's not – I mean, we're not playing games for them to be really realistic. I mean, no. for Christ's sake, we're playing Elite Dangerous on our free time or some uh, other space simulators or s- stuff like that. So Actually, I've been – Playing some pretty serious flight sims that they get really into realism, but I mean that's completely different. But but yeah, but still, uh, when we play, usually when we play oh, a game, yeah. I mean, we want no. a dose of realism, but not too much, right. because at at that point we just maybe maybe better off just learning to do the damn thing for a, a living and just working. That's that's right. I mean, we're not, uh, hopefully there won't be any podcast simulator game or something like that. We have to record a fake podcast and then upload it to <laughs> your host, the provider or something like that. Oh, give it time. I mean, there's a game called YouTuber Simulator, I think. So that's, it's yeah, getting I, there. Yeah, that's that, like, there's, I mean, Euro Truck Simulator and oh, yeah. that stuff. Yeah. There's a lawn mowing one coming out now. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. There's so, a, a, so just don't – all I'm saying is don't get too confident because, you know, <laughs> podcast simulators. <laughs> There's also a game where you have to build your PC. So that's yeah. – uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, to t- uh, what did you think about the interface of the game? Um, okay. So I, I when I first played this, it was on – xbox and then like playstation and yeah i i think it actually works a bit better with a controller because when you've got the sticks you can for example control your movement a lot easier than the either the tapping method or using your mouse wheel to speed up or slow down it's a lot more yeah. intuitive you 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 press a little bit or you press it a lot and you get you know you go fast or slow depending on how much you press it and that that i think works better um but it's also like an interface I'm like very familiar with because you talk about the first level in the police precinct. Well, that specific part was the demo for the game. Mm-hmm. So I have played that like the precinct over and over and over. <laughs> like I didn't remember the codes, but I remembered where every guy was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I go in this room, that room. And so it, it's kind of fun because I spent a lot of time like screwing around in that one, you know, like, Oh, can I lure this guy? into the the drunk tank or whatever and then jump on top of him and you know knock him out that way and anyway so i i find the interface good but the not having an analog stick actually does make it a little more difficult i see than, than it does on a console it's interesting uh, well i obviously didn't play it on on console tried it on, on pc but one thing that surprised me was, and maybe it was a, a part of the, the design rules at the time, but it's not usually the controls you're used to in a game. It's not, for example, it's 
to use something, it, it's space, I think, instead of E right. or F or whatever it is. And so, and when you try, want to tr switch uh, an item for your inventory, it's control and then select. And it, it's, um, it's a bit strange mm -hmm. and you get, you get used to it. But I remember for the first level, it was having, I, I needed to go back a few times to the settings menu to just see what, what were the keys to use in that kind of situation. Yeah. And there was also, I think, a bit of, beside all the, the, the stealth aspects, there was also a bit of, you have sometimes to be pixel perfect almost to, 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 to be able to do something. I remember ha learning to do something like wall jump in the tutorial. Oh, yeah. Those, those. But were... yeah, and, but there's, there's a, there's a time when you have to get in the police precinct and you, you know that you have to get up on that uh, yeah, trash you, dumpster. You and, jump and then you, oh, I've fallen off. Uh, yeah. And Even then I jump, did that. And it's basically it's that you can see where the ledge is and mm -hmm. you can feel that if you give yourself a big enough of a, of a boost or a swing, you'll just be able to grab it. But no, you have to wall jump and time it perfect. And it's, I, I mean, okay, you have to, they want us to use the mechanics that they, they, yeah. they programmed it. But it, it felt a bit uh, forced, maybe? Sometimes, yeah. And um, one thing they did in later version, like sequels and so on, is the mechanics got a little smoother and yeah. things like that were a little more automated, where in this they're, you know, manual. Um, but I don't think those games ended up being as good because I think what really works in this one is sort of the novelty of it, but also they, they had a the, the story and the vision they had for the game really worked a lot better than than later ones, even though the later ones refined a lot of those kind mm -hmm. of issues. So it, it, it kind of, you know, there's there's some good and some bad yeah. in that. I mean, if I can trace a, a parallel and you'll, you can stop me if you think it's too much from left field, but uh, I recently replayed Fear, okay. the yeah. uh, first-person shooter, and from 2005, and... I saw recently um, a few videos talking, oh, how the uh, AI is good, how the shooting is good, how the, the lighting is good, and so on and so on. And I replayed it, and it, it yeah, it was the lighting is, is fantastic, the AI is, is really good, but you feel like there's, it's a bit clunky. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember, it was a f from f a few years back, but playing Fear 2, and seeing that, oh, it's much smoother, but yeah, the it feels more like a generic shooter instead of the the first one. And I feel that this sometimes when a franchise uh, gets something like a, a maybe a surprising success, I don't know if they expected uh, Splinter Cell to do well when they launched it, but it feels like okay, we have to expand. The the, the 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 expand the field if you want if, to reach the more people possible yeah. the most people possible in order to sell more copies instead of working with what's already good and just making it better. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point, and I mean, it's like in the review I wrote for the website a while ago about um, Project Cars Three, yeah. which is a, a racing game, and 
anyways, they took what was kind of a simulation sort of racing game, very serious about like a lot of like if you wanted to, you can you can change all sorts of things with your car about the the spring compression and like in many ways too complex. And then I think in an attempt to reach more people, they went too far the other way. And, you know, it's more of an arcade thing in an attempt to reach more people. Yeah. And and they went too far in that respect and sort of you you lose a lot of what is special about the thing you had and what people like in trying to dumb it down or make it too easy. Um, and I think there's a balance there you have to take. Like you can make your controls a bit smoother and you can find those things that didn't work with your mechanics. But you also have to remember that there are sometimes it's the quirks that make the game rather yeah. than ruin it. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, there's uh, uh, another example. Um, I play a lot of Factorio, which is a base building game and resource management, well, resource management in a sense. But yeah, so I play a lot of Factorio and it's um, a bird's eye view. So you see yourself from the air. It's all in t- to basically 2D. And I-, I thought for a while, oh, maybe it would be cool to have a 3D view, to have a first-person view, to to see basically at the, at the ground level what I'm building and see the, the, the size of the, of the stuff I'm putting down. And then came out Satisfactory, which is basically factorial, but at the ground level. And I started playing it. I was like, oh, no, I want to go back to... <laughs> Yeah, I want to go back to Factory. I want to see. I want to see from up up there what I'm building. So basically, I'm never happy with what, <laughs> what I want. But uh, but yeah, there's like you said, there's, there's a maybe I need to find a balance in order to uh, have a better game. But in that sense, is it then necessary? If you find a balance, is it necessary to? To call it a sequel, or could you just have it have a patch out? Do what? What do you think about this? Well, I think that comes down to the idea of they still need to sell stuff, and yeah, um, it, it's it's one thing when it's like something like Splinter Cell. I ended up um, buying it for um, PlayStation Three, I think, when it came out. Like they did a remastered version, and I think that's where you can not just do sort of refining of graphics, but like, oh, hey, these are some other refinements we made. And I think in in something like that, it makes a lot of sense because I imagine doing full game mechanics might be too difficult. But I think when you're you're talking about remastered versions, um, you don't want to completely change them because, again, like the quirks are sort of part of what, you know, makes people nostalgic for old stuff. But at the same time, there are you can take away the things that are annoying or dumb or or just didn't quite work. Yeah. And I think that's a good place for that kind of thing is is sort of reissues and remasters. Would you recommend Splinter Cell then? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even with its sort of quirks and, you know, the jumping issues occasionally and all that kind of stuff, it's <laughs> like it's it's a really fun game. It it's a really fun game and it's it's one that you you do have to spend time with because again, like it, it's, it's not a fast paced game. It's not, it's, it's, it's slow. It's like third person before like third person was seen as more of a faster thing. It, um, there's not a lot of like cutscenes or whatever that to jump the action ahead. It's you, 
you know, you do a lot of sneaking around and sneaking around can take a lot of time and, you know, knocking a guy out, hiding him in a closet. So yeah. no one else finds him like it's, it just takes time and you have to, you know, do that. But it's, it's, it's really worth it. And one other thing about it is it really, it, it focuses a lot on gadgets, which we haven't talked a ton about, but like there's night vision, you can yeah. see through walls with thermal vision and that sort of stuff was a little more novel at the time as like a game mechanic. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, so that novelty isn't really there, but I think it still works as like a, it, it really has most of the package, even if some of it doesn't fully work. It's not like those issues break it. They just make parts of it a little more frustrating maybe than they need to be. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. Uh, I will also recommend the game. Maybe not for a, a, bit, a bit less my, my taste maybe. Uh, yeah, that's totally my, fair. I, but I, that, I'm that's, actually surprised you liked it as much as you did. I mean, I, I'm trying to keep an open mind maybe it's yeah. it's easy to especially in the these uh, these trying times uh it's <laughs> it's easy <laughs> to to just be grumpy i feel it's and I, i do a lot of that i have to admit but to see to, to watch a movie to read try to read a book to try to try to play a game and just be oh it's not fun it's different um i have to think uh yeah and but i, I really tried to to see it as once uh, first uh, a game of its time mm-hmm. uh, we talked a bit about the quirks and the bugs and the uh, the jumping issues and so on but also as a way to experience something differently I'm used to uh, just clear my mind and play some stupid shooter where the, uh, the every, everybody's crouching and then they're popping back up to shoot yeah. and just to, just have to wait. Um, you talked about Gadget, and yeah, we didn't really talk about them, but I really like the uh, uh, sort of snake you used to see with a camera on the end. Oh, yeah. Sort of, uh, yeah, put it under to, the door. Yeah, or... use it, you put it under the door to just to see what's on the other side. And uh, I, I remember I, I went through the first level just opening doors like a moron. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and I was lucky because no one saw me. But uh, yeah, that, that that kind of thing where you have to think to take your time, like you said, take your time to prepare your actions. I feel like there's still a bit of luck in, involved. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I watch a bit of a let's play and the guy knows perfectly where everybody is and he just knows when to wait and when to go. And it's I, I felt like, oh, if it was me, I would have to start again five or ten times, maybe just to be sure to to do exactly what I need to do. So I feel it's uh, an interesting game for something they call is it tactical espionage? Is that the right term? Tactical espionage is probably a good enough euphemism for it. Yeah. So anyway, if you want to try it, uh, I think it's uh, sold on Humble Bundle. It's you have to use Origin, which we won't talk about here, uh, which is basically. Ubisoft launcher. I mean, it works fine on my PC. I don't know if you had any problem with it. No, I didn't. And I was able to find a um, a download for the HD textures that they they redid for the PlayStation Three. Oh. So um, I can uh, we can we can put that link in the show notes. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that was maybe I should have done this uh, also, but yeah, still playing it with the 2002 textures. That's that's quite okay, I think. It's, yeah, no, I th- I think the game looked fine. It's just I found this thing and it it worked fairly easily. It's not you know you do have to you should back up your old thing and then you just copy this new folder in and it's fine. But you know, it's it's one of those. It's not necessary, but if you're interested, it's out there, and we'll uh, we'll link to it. Well, that's good to know. And that concludes episode number 11 of SVGA. Thank you, Robert. Oh, and thank you, Hugo. Uh, it was a pleasure as always. Exactly. Uh, for me too, of course. And thank you to everyone listening right now. You can catch all our previous episodes on pf.ca. We are also on Balado Québec, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. If you like the show, don't forget to give us a five-star rating and leave a comment. It always helps. See you next time. Bye, everyone.